the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. It's an unbelievable show, an unbelievable day. In a few minutes, we'll talk with uh, Adam Mill, a very savvy lawyer who will tell us about his concerns about the Electoral College. We'll also reveal to you the um, effort by Van Jones, the far-left radical. He's got a plan He's got a plan. He's got kind of a coup. He's got a coup planned that if he can get it to work with the media, we will lose the Constitution. I'll tell you about that when we talk to Adam Mill. Uh, but first, let's get to what you need to know. First of all, I, I want to point you back to Periscope. You know, I do Periscope twice a day now. Go to at Eagle Ed Martin. You'll see these videos. People, thousands of people are watching these videos now. Uh, you should, too. The one that I'm doing in the afternoon, although it is considered a wink, what you need to know, I'm also calling it America's Future. America's future because we're on the edge of something great. I think it's a golden age. And uh, here's what I can tell you is either Donald Trump will be reelected to a second term or we will find out that the fraud that is endemic in our system, although the media wants you to think it's not widespread. That's what they say. It's not wide. No evidence of widespread. Huh? Huh? We got dead people voting in Michigan. We got uh, dead people voting in L.A. We got people uh, showing up with uh, the wrong ballots in places. Uh, 100,000 provisional ballots cast in Pennsylvania. All kinds. The Pennsylvania uh, uh, Speaker of the House uh, released a letter and said, I'm calling on the governor to audit the vote. Whether you think there's one one piece of fraud in an election or a million does it really matter? Don't you think that the man or woman who votes for X person, if a fraudulent vote is cast for Y, thereby offsetting, disenfranchising that voter, isn't that enough reason right there to be sort of worked up? I think so. So here's the deal that you should make with any of your liberal friends that are upset right now. You should say, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a process. We have a system of getting elections done that and there's nothing in the system. The system is the Constitution and the rule of law. The Constitution, you know what the Constitution says about the Electoral College? Each state shall appoint in such a manner as the legislature therefore may direct a number of electors to the Electoral College. Each state legislature decides it doesn't say anything about concession to the media. It doesn't say anything about anybody else telling us what to do. What we saw this election was either very coincidentally a bunch of things that look like fraudulent voting all in one direction towards Biden or we saw fraud. We saw an attempt to steal the election. I'm not sure which yet. I'm not willing to be the one who judges for sure. 
But I can tell you, and I've told you over and over again, I was the chairman of the Board of Elections in St. Louis City in 2005 and 2006. Trust me, voter fraud happens. Election irregularities happen. People get disenfranchised. The only question is, if you want to get to the bottom of it, and secondarily, is it enough to turn an election? In Missouri, it wasn't my election. It was over in Kansas City. They had an election decided by one vote, and it turns out that two votes were fraudulent, and they had to redo the election. Okay? So it happens that fraud or misconduct or irregularities can impact elections, but more importantly, we have a system. The system says... Check the law, check the rule of law. And then if you're getting down the path, check the constitution. So today we're having the greatest uh, exposition of our constitution. And the question you have to ask yourself is, do I want to be governed by the rule of law and the constitution, or do I want to be rego- governed by something like the, the concession speech requirement? When the media and the powers that be tell you, you must concede. Now, let me tell you a quick story. In 2010, I ran for Congress. I ran an unbelievably great race. It was so much fun. All these volunteers. We had huge energy. It was a blast. And we got to the election day and there was surging people voting, Democrats telling me they were voting for me as a Republican, all kinds of stuff. It was spectacular. And on election night, we went all the way through winning, 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 all winning, winning, winning. Late at night, in comes a couple of precincts in St. Louis city and we lose. And the demand at the time was concede and give a concession speech. And I didn't, I said to myself, I'm not a politician. I don't know any better. I'm not going to concede until I get to the bottom of this. And so it took like three or four days. I still get written of in the, the paper. When they write me up, they write and say, he didn't concede for days and days. My thing was as hard as we all worked, how much money we spent, time we spent, energy we spent, we deserve to get to the bottom of it. And after I think three or four days, I don't really recall. We went through it and we said, okay, it looks like it doesn't, there's not enough there or there wasn't enough. And we stopped. But right now we have Wisconsin is within 21,000 votes. Arizona's within a few thousand votes. Georgia's in a few thousand votes. Pennsylvania looks like a disaster with all kinds of fraudulent stuff. So why wouldn't we get to the bottom of this? Why wouldn't we see who actually won? And here's the great thing for the people that are complaining on the left. Let's just do it like this. Let's get to the bottom of this and we'll have one of two results. Either the results will be the same or similar to what you think they are or they won't. And if they're not, you you know, they'll be happy to concede and, and Biden will give a concession speech. And if they are the same, we'll at least get to the bottom of a bunch of fraud. Because don't we want to find out why there are hundreds of people, dead people that voted in Michigan? Isn't that a good thing? It's not a bad thing, is it? Is there anything bad about our system working in such a way that we can do that? And by the way, there's a coup. I'll I'll mention it now because I don't want you to miss it. There's a coup underway. And the newest coup is called the Van Jones coup, where he is now telling everyone if the president does not concede then he will be violating the norms of American politics. And then, if you can believe it, there will be something Van Jones says, the Constitution and the rule of law will be used to decide who the president is if there's a president thinks there's fraud. And he calls that a coup. No, Van Jones, you're the CNN coup is you and CNN trying to convince the American people that we're supposed to concede to you. I'm happy to concede to the rule of law and the courts and the system. And and that's what we should concede to. 
No concession van constitution. The Van Jones concession is the end of the republic. How about that? Again, if Biden wins fair and square, okay, okay, I'll be surprised, but I don't know. But I certainly am not going to be lectured by Van Jones, who's a far left. Look, he it'd be like me lecturing the Democrats and them and saying, you know, you should just do what I tell you, because, you know, this is what no, I wouldn't do that. Oh my God, no, tell me what to no, he, he wouldn't. Uh, the left wouldn't trust me because I'm conservative and I don't trust Van because he's not. And by the way, Van Jones, we'll talk to Adam Mill about this. Van Jones uh, uh, recorded this um this uh 15 minute ted talk the week before the election and he basically predicted that you know if trump is not conceding because he thinks there's voter fraud everybody should be up in arms did van jones know what was coming <laughs> did van jones have a heads up that there was going to be something that looked like fraud and we better start yelling about it again let's get to the bottom of it let's get to the bottom of it let's get to the bottom of it and when we're done Hey, if it turns out that Biden is the winner, giddy up. I won't be happy. I'll be nervous about the country, but let's do it. Let's get to the bottom of it. That's what we should do. Hey, look, look, here's the other thing is what a great day. Pfizer announced that the vaccine for coronavirus is really good. One of the other companies announced that there's a daily test that's got like 95% reliability and the stock market's booming. Isn't that funny? They're booming and people are, I mean, joking around saying, you know, Biden, look, he's not even president. He's got, you know, but how great is that? And the only thing that you wish is if it had come out a few weeks before, maybe it would help. I don't know. Pfizer, they hold it back. Doesn't matter. I mean, we want people to get healthy. So who cares? I mean, I care, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. And on 60 Minutes last night, they talked about Operation Warp Speed, which was Trump's effort to make sure that they really went at the vaccine and all these things fast. And just now I saw that there was no they, they said on the TV, the reason why Pfizer got such a fast start was because they had the Operation Warp Speed. It, it greased the skids on the regulatory stuff. It greased the skids on the monetary side. You know, a lot of times you've got, uh, you know, uh, a Pfizer or a company, they they don't want to spend a lot of money until they realize where the market would be. And basically the the. Uh, the government promised we'll make sure the market's here. Operation Warp Speed, saving lives. And old Dopey Joe is going to lecture us on wearing masks. Today he said he wants a mask mandate. Give me a break, man. Come on, man. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Adam Mill, author and attorney, as well as later on the show, Dr. Brett Decker. Tune in, Ed Martin. I'll tell you at the end of the show where you can go to march with a million people on Washington. Uh, listen now. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is our old friend Adam Mill. And Adam Mill is his nom de plume. It's not his real name, but he's a lawyer practicing law outside of Kansas City. Uh, or not outside of, in Kansas City, Missouri. Sorry about that. He, You'll see him writing over at the Federalist, American Greatness, Daily Caller. And uh, first of all, welcome, Adam. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing very well. 
Well, I, I read your piece from last week. I think it's about five days ago, three days ago, actually, uh, something like that, about the Electoral College and how um, people have been mounting this PR campaign against it. I was telling you off the air that uh, Van Jones, I've been reacting to Van Jones, who basically said, you know, uh, only, a, only a legal coup uh, would be to use the Constitution as the Electoral College. And I can't. Oh, here it is in front of me. The, you know, the Constitution, of course, Article 2, uh, Section 1, the second paragraph, each state shall appoint in such a manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives that the, the whole of the shooting match is in the legislature of each state right so well, that's our constitution our rules so we'll see you know right right yeah and i think that the point of the article is that uh from the point of view of a democrat right now the ones who are fighting to kind of uh, make the electoral college come out the way the popular vote did. In their minds, right. they, you know, the, the popular vote is the vote that matters. They have, you know, basically flunked high school civics and they don't seem to appreciate the importance of the electoral college, why it matters, why it helps our country function better, uh, why it makes our democracy more durable and more responsive to, uh, to minority interests and why it protects minority interests too. They don't care about any of that. It's just it's just the what is the popular vote say? And then everything else is just kind of paperwork. So I think that in their minds, they're not really worried about looking suspicious by kicking out, you know, monitors and things like that. As long as they're confident in the popular vote and that their guy got the popular vote win, then they're they're really not concerned about getting accused of uh, shenanigans vis-a-vis also taking the uh, uh, the electoral college vote. And we're talking with Adam Mills. So, Adam, what, what's the what's the I just had somebody email me back who's looking at some of the crazy numbers at Milwaukee. And he said his response was these numbers. He's a scientist, physicist. And he said, you know, a math guy, he said these numbers don't make sense. And then he said, I don't know if it's a legal case, but they don't make any sense. Well, tell me what legal cases are out there so far that you're seeing that that you have knowledge of that you or maybe developing that 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 bring these challenges to light. Right, and so I'm still trying to get my arms around it because there's just so many of them. But uh, I'm looking at there's a brand new case that just got filed in Michigan, which I haven't even had a chance to read yet. But it goes on for 78 pages with uh, specific allegations of voter fraud. Uh, you know, they're talking about poll workers coaching people on how to vote, uh, ballots being filed uh, after they were received. Um, you know, after after the deadline when they were late, uh, setting birth dates to, of the voters to 1900 because, you know, they aren't actual people. So if there's, I mean, there's a lot here and people have been asking the Trump campaign to put up or shut up on this voter fraud, this Michigan case, I haven't had a chance to look at it carefully yet, but it may be the goods and it may put, uh, Michigan back in play. Well, and the so question, see that, that what I, I, I good. Yeah, please go. Okay, please. yeah. So on top of that, we've also got some uh, litigation. It looks like it's starting to rise up in Georgia on this Dominion uh, voting software. Now, you heard that uh, one clever person, I think it was Sean Davis of The Federalist, uh, tweeted out uh, some, some a question. He started questioning why this particularly this particular county in I think it was uh, it was either Wisconsin or Michigan I can't remember which um, would have these results he said they were just totally inconsistent with what happened um, in the last election and sure enough when they looked at it they found out that the um, the Biden results and the Trump results were inverted and that it ended up with a five thousand vote pickup for Trump well if this yeah five thousand votes isn't going to matter 
But the question is, that same software is getting used all over the place, including uh, Georgia. And apparently there's been some affidavits filed that the Dominion software was not secure enough to make it past, I think it was the Texas uh, Board of Elections. They rejected it for accuracy and security concerns. So that, you know, that's another thing that probably needs to be looked at is whether the, the Dominion software uh, accurately recorded the votes and rounded them up. And I'm not talking, uh, Ed, I'm not talking about fraud. Here, okay, this is right. you know we can get to the fraud thing separately. What we need to to really focus on now, what I think the president should focus on now, is you know were there mistakes, were things that were recorded inaccurately, was the software functioning properly, and you know down the road, months later, years later, when the lawyers and the prosecutors and the FBI agents get involved, we can be looking at the intent. But right now, I think the focus needs to be on what what were the legal votes and how how were they tabulated. So there's another case. In, I, well, uh, go ahead. Yeah, please go. go ahead. Keep going. No, keep going, please. There's a case, there's a case in Arizona uh, that involved the Sharpies. I think that one is probably dead from the point of view of, of Donald Trump. Right. Uh, at least right. the affidavits right now seem to show that the Sharpies did not um, it did not cause the votes to not be recorded. I mentioned the Georgia case. Um, a lot of the litigation centers around whether you can continue receiving and counting votes after, that were received after Election Day. Uh, some of them went the president's way. Some of them didn't. But at least in Pennsylvania, the current litigation, uh, they're arguing that there aren't enough votes there to swing the difference. Although I don't see how they get to that. That the the difference in Pennsylvania is still razor thin. It's I think it's less than fifty thousand votes. And last right, time I looked, right. they were showing ninety percent, ninety-seven percent completion. Well, you know that that's a three percent. That could matter. Yeah. So there, I think I think well, there's enough the opportunity for a potential lead change in these states, and the and the Constitution has built in this period to get things right. Like we don't have to. The Electoral College doesn't vote until mid-December. So we have this, you know, over one month period here where we're supposed to take our time, make sure the votes were counted properly. And, you know, if you went back 10 days ago, all of the media would agree with you. Right. Like they said 10 days ago right. that uh, the election's not over until every vote counts and, you know, so on and so right. forth. And right. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I, I tell people. I remember being I ran the election board in St. Louis and you'd have the lefties would say we have to get every vote to count. You know, and if, if there's someone who has the intention of voting and they're on their way to the polling place, they have the right to have every vote counts and and all that. And you say, well, OK, I agree. And I, and I agree. And there'll be a certain point, right, where you're in the system. The system has to work well. By the way, uh, we're talking with Adam Mill. I was going to mention that when, uh, when it comes to I don't remember what Dominion. The Dominion software, then they bought, I don't know, ESNS. There, there's really only about four operators in the whole field, and they consumed each other periodically. One was called Diebold. If you, if anybody remembers, Diebold was an old, I think it was a bank originally, but they got into sort of uh, technology over the years, and they, they were a company for a while. Um, and yeah, they're now called Diebold Nixdorf. They got bought by, I think it got merged with somebody else, but... My point is, all these things were these companies for the last 15 years or so have been doing this. And one of the problems that people have had is, how do you keep them secure? And, you know, there is a point here where if you find out that you audit a system and it's not secure, then you say, would there have been people who wanted to cheat the system? Inevitably, right? Well, sure. And I mean, we can we can think of people who would have that motive domestically. We can think of people who, right. you know, remember, remember the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, yeah. they all have a right. motive right. to sow chaos. And when you get a close election like this, 
um, it doesn't take much to to change the result. So that when you get a close election, I mean, another writer of mine said this: when you get a close election, it should just be automatic. It should just be second nature that there's scrutiny. You take your time and you review yep. and you do recounts and all that, and that's what's happened here. Uh, and I think without even screaming fraud or saying there was a giant conspiracy, it's reasonable to say we should we should use the time that the Constitution provides to to ensure that the result is accurate. I tell you, I love this presidency because this this term we've learned more about the emoluments clause. We've learned about the you know the electoral college. All this learning about the Constitution because they keep trying to make uh, make problems for uh, President Trump. All right, Adam Mill. Unfortunately, we ran out of time. I'll put up on uh, social media again his piece over at American Greatness. Uh, it's called. The title is "Undermining the Electoral College: Boosted Tolerance for Voting Regularities." Is a good one too. And we'll have you back on again to talk about things as they develop. Uh, thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, we'll, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we will uh, talk next with our friend, our old friend, Dr. Uh, uh, Brett Decker. Dr. Decker, of course, the New York Times bestselling author. We'll talk about that. And later on, I'll give you a little breakdown on what you can expect next, including a big march on Washington, D.C. Big march on Washington, D.C. coming up this weekend. I don't know. Will there be a million people? Somebody put a word out, million million MAGA march. I, that wasn't my deal. There's a, some, Me and some of my uh, buddies and people I work with are helping to organize this march. I'll tell you about that after we talk with Dr. Decker. And we got take a quick break. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, of course, is our week, every week almost, unless he's on hiatus or whatever they do. He's uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker is a New York Times bestselling author and author of a number of books uh, on foreign affairs, on American politics. He is uh, affiliated uh, with uh, the USA Today Board of Advisors for the editorial board there and writes op-eds periodically. And he was an editor at the Washington Times as well as a journalist with the Wall Street Journal. Currently teaches the youth of America as a professor at Defiance College in Ohio. So, Dr. Decker, we're a week after the election. First of all, have you ever seen anything like this? And second of all, where do you think it's going to end up? Uh, well, as we were talking about before we went on air, I'm just, I'm in an undisclosed location packing up on canned <laughs> food and wait, waiting for the end time to come. But, you know, um, but I, I tell you, it's a, it, it is an extraordinary phenomenon to see the incumbent president on a roll has big leads in several states. In all of these states, like clockwork, for different reasons, put a halt to the counting. They don't resume until the next day, which gives them plenty of time to figure out how many votes they need and then where to find them or where to manufacture them. I, I, it couldn't be more obvious, right? And it happens to be key states that uh, President Trump won last time, surprisingly, um, and uh, that Democrats needed to, to 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 take take the White House. So I I think it's shocking. I think American, of course, the Republican Party is too quick to roll over. And and I think it's really. I mean, I, I think democracy really does hang in the, hang in the balance on this. Well, and one of the things I was saying to somebody, I did a, I did a Periscope earlier today. We're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker, and I said, look, I, I ran the election boards, and so that I, I mean in St. Louis, I ran the election board for a few years, and the fact is that. Um, 
there's always some election fraud or irregularity. And, and you're watching the media try to trick us into a conversation. Is it widespread, which is code for, you know, is it enough to change the election, I guess? Uh, or maybe that's not widespread. They mean, it has to be lots of it. The question is only whether it affects the election. If at a certain point you're up by 80,000 votes, even if it's out of two and a half million cast, unless you find something uh, dramatic, you're probably not going to move that. I mean, that's why Donald Trump won Pennsylvania last time by 70,000 votes. There was nothing you can do. The question here, though, is, um, you know, part of me has a hard time trusting the powers that be, the media, including Fox News and people like Van Jones saying concession is the right thing the that the country needs when it just feels like, you know, we've had a lot of weird stuff from the Russia hoax to the Mueller investigation to the uh, the Ukraine impeachment. It's kind of like, you know, I think I'll go with trust and verify. I mean, you know, so and, and if we get to the point where, hey, it turns out that there was enough votes in these places. It doesn't make sense to me, actually. All the things I know about politics and campaigns, you don't see a candidate like Biden overperform quite like he did the rest of the ticket. But maybe it's so because of Trump derangement syndrome. And then we can have another conversation about that. But until we get to the bottom of that, I just don't know that you, you, you I think you need to get to the bottom of it. I think the country needs it. And if oh, anyone's going if at the end of that. It turns out that we just make sure our elections are run better and we stop having this insanity. That's another service that this president will have done. You know, this might be um, this is a, a audience warning. This might be too much information. Uh, TMI. OK, my the, the okay. first election I voted in was 1988 for uh, Papa Bush. And mm-hmm. Pat Buchanan had Pat Buchanan had this huge uh, challenge to Bush then. Right. Um, and very right. impressive, kind of a precursor to the Trump agenda. Um, and a lot of people, what they were talking about then and they talk about in every election is the enthusiasm gap. So a right. lot of people thought that um, uh, or, you know, or in 1992, I'm, I'm thinking of in 92, the enthusiasm gap was, OK, uh, there's a lot more enthusiasm for Clinton than there is for Bush. Right. Um, right. In the Obama elections, a lot more enthusiasm on the Democratic side for Obama than McCain or Romney, right? How can you be too enthusiastic for either of those two rhino losers, right? So if if you look at the enthusiasm gap, it was 100% on the Trump side, right? Even though it's only anecdotal, at a certain time, huge crowds in city after city after city, four or five a day at these rallies, and 10 people honking in their Priuses for Biden, like... Anecdotal evidence, when there's so much of it, so overwhelming, eventually becomes real data. And the enthusiasm gap, it's very rare where you have an enthusiasm gap on someone who doesn't end up winning. And to me, that just it it raises suspicion level even higher. Yeah. And I mean, because at the end of the day, like right now, we're going through another one of these, though. It really is, to me, heavy duty propaganda. We've got Fox News joining in with the other channels saying nothing to see here. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. It's all over. You know, they called races for the Democrat faster for Biden faster than Trump. And, you know, right now, I think Trump's got like, depending how you look, he's got like 230 electoral votes. In other words, if there's a couple of states where the thing turns and, and I have to say, Pennsylvania, 
Now, they were told to segregate the ballots because they changed the law down the stretch and they didn't segregate the ballots. I mean, there is a point where they were told by the U.S. Supreme Court, segregate the ballots so we can check if we need to. And instead, they didn't segregate the ballots. They segregated the tabulation, which means there's no way to go check the ballots. I, You know, you suddenly get to a point you say one of these states flips and we're back to the other direction, I think. You know, and city after city, they were not letting in Republican observers and ballot tabulation centers, right? We saw the pictures in Detroit of there were windows overlooking the counting room, and the people doing the vote tabulation put paper, huge sheets of paper over the windows so people couldn't see in. Like, why don't you let someone observe vote counting unless, you know, you don't... You don't prevent people from watching the vote count unless you're you're stuffing the ballot box, right? And I think right right where they smoke this fire, and 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 I think that's the thing, right? They knew how much the the, the razor thin margins four years ago suggested about what they needed to get this time, and I think right. I mean, I think there's a lot of evidence that they they were thinking about this. I think criticism on our side is that um, Republicans weren't prepared enough for what was coming. And they should have been thinking right. about it as much over the last four years as, as the Dems were, right? And that's partially yeah. complicated because half the establishment and the GOP isn't backing Trump to begin with. So that makes it even harder. Well, I think that that, like, that is that that is something that need, people need to understand is that, you know, there's a failure and, and I won't bother now to point the fingers. But I can tell you, I spent a few hours over um, I'm more than that, six hours at the White House um, uh, last week talking to some friends about things and policy and issues and all this for election expertise. But there's some people in the campaign that should have known and should have had a clue and should have been working on it and weren't. I mean, that's that is that is a failure. On the other hand, you know, back to this question, you know, I, I mentioned to you in a text, Van Jones lectures America. America that we're supposed to concede, the president's supposed to concede, concession is what you need to do, and that if the president doesn't concede because there's fraud, he might go crazy and use the Constitution. And you're like, what? I mean, these people and the media is all moving along. The media is moving all along the same path that, you know, Mitt Romney said that you should concede. George W. Bush said you concede, or didn't quite say that, but, and you're like, what? Wait a second. These are the same people that were against the guy the whole time. Uh, uh, now, the question I have for you is, does the Republican Party have the stomach for a fight like this? Because that's the question. I don't, I don't think they do. I don't think the, I don't think, uh, the Republicans in the Senate, if we, if, right, hopefully we, uh, Republicans keep the Senate. But I think if they do, the benefit is going to be they can stop Democratic legislation. I don't think they're going to see, think, oh, game on. Let's investigate Biden and his corrupt family like the Dems are going after Trump, even though in this case, there's cause to do it, right? I mean, Hunter shaking down, uh, every, every dictatorship for money when his dad was vice president. I mean, I, I think, if Republicans have the Senate, I mean, they should just start scheduling investigations into Hunter now, right? Um, right. And, and the 10% set aside for the big guy, the big guy now being uh, presumed president-elect. Uh, I think, you know, there's no reason our side should always be the one that, that everyone, everyone looks to for conciliation, right? No, that's not how it goes. That's why we've gotten yeah. rolled for 50 years on everything is our side doesn't fight to win like the other side does. 
Well, and the question I have, one thing I wonder the wild card here is if uh, if the social media and the access that so many people have, you know, there's some egghead, uh, you know, uh, you know, stat geeks digging into some of the things that look off. And, you know, suddenly you're like, huh, I'm looking at this, you know, kind of, hmm, you know, it's uh, what is the story here? You know, how did this stuff happen the way it happened? So uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, Dr. Brett M. Decker, as always, thank you for your time. We appreciate very much. Uh, Dr. Decker is, of course, a professor at Defiance College in Ohio. We'll talk again next week. Thank you, Dr. Decker. Fight on. All right. Oh, here we go with the USC line. Here, uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by honoring family values, opposing radical feminism, and representing a conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. There are some things every American should know. We should all know about things like the Pledge of Allegiance, the National Anthem, and the legacy of our great founding fathers. Another important piece of our history is Veterans Day, which we celebrate tomorrow, November 11th. We can't count on the public schools to teach these things anymore, so I'd like to tell you a little history that every American should know. You probably already know that Veterans Day is a federal holiday set aside for honoring those who have served in our nation's armed forces. It's one of the only few federal holidays that do not always fall on a Monday. That's because the date of November 11th is very significant. In November of 1918, Americans were living in unprecedented times. Our nation had never seen a global conflict like what we saw in World War I. Not only were more nations embroiled in the conflict than ever before, but tanks, trenches, and mustard gas created particularly dismal conditions for the boys on the front lines. The entire world breathed a deep sigh of relief when an armistice was finally signed. On November 11th, at 11 a.m., that armistice went into effect, creating the very first Armistice Day. Armistice Day may have been renamed Veterans Day in 1954, but the spirit is still the same. Veterans of our U.S. Armed Forces deserve to be recognized for their sacrifice and bravery. However, Veterans Day also does an important service for grassroots patriots who have not served in the military. We have to be reminded how serious our work is. We work to preserve a republic for which so many men and women have bravely put their lives on the line. They believed in the idea of one nation under God. Now it is up to each one of us to do our part to preserve it. As Americans everywhere celebrate Veterans Day tomorrow, please take a moment to reflect on their service, but don't forget to be challenged, too. What service could you do for your nation? Everyone must do their part to keep America free. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Whether it's the vision of our founding fathers, the courage of our veterans, the moral compass of Christopher Columbus, or the fortitude of presidents like Lincoln and Reagan, the truth of history should not be undercut by liberal ideology. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we honor history even as we look to the future. Join us at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Now, let me tell you about what's coming, what's happening with StopTheSteal.us. StopTheSteal is an effort. A bunch of us 
I'd say about 10 um, key what they call influencers. I don't know if I think of that as myself, but uh, the uh, um, uh, folks that kind of are out in social media and in politics, people like Scott Pressler, you've seen him over in San Diego, uh, um, Jack Posobiec, Ali Alexander is one of the real leaders. We all banded together and started pushing stop the steal, stop the steal rallies in different states and all. And I had two rallies, three rallies, uh, one on, well, let's see, one on Thursday, one on Friday and one on Saturday and one on Saturday in front of the Supreme Court, about mm, 200 people, 200 people there on Friday had about, um, uh, about 50 standing in front of the RNC. Thursday actually was the most surprising. I had about 75 people on Thursday and about 50 press. So uh, it was all good. I mean, what we're doing is trying to say, hey, focus the attention on the question of whether these elections were done right. And let's get after it. Right. Let's get to the bottom of it. So here's the big buildup. Just a few minutes ago, before I started uh, to, uh, to, to get ready for this, we got a message. The D.C. mayor has issued a rule that says you can't come to D.C. unless you get a COVID test, uh, except from four states. I forget the state. I do know the states. Vermont, Hawaii, Virginia, and Maryland. You can go to D.C. from those places. Anywhere else, you have to have a COVID test. Now, the interesting thing is that news comes out right about the time that we had a big announcement that the um, march on Washington stopped the steal it's going to be at 12 noon. We have the permits picked up, uh, everything done like that. So we're going to have a massive, massive rally at uh, on Saturday at 12 noon in Washington, D.C. So suddenly the mayor's trying to block people from coming. Here's what's going to happen in this country. People are not going to tolerate, not going to tolerate um, the uh, the reality of uh, what's happened without any... Um, Without any, you know, trouble. Um, and uh, the fact is, um, the, uh, the reality is people are going to be upset about um, the, uh, uh, the upset about what's happened, but they're just not going to tolerate it and go, go about their lives until we get some, uh, some addressing of the problems, right? And as I said to you over and over again, if it turns out that um, it, it, it ends up that there was nothing there or there's little there, but here's the thing. I'm watching Chuck Schumer on the floor of the U.S. Senate earlier, and he says to, to me and to the public, you, there's no evidence of widespread fraud. And then he quotes the Washington Post, the Washington Post, as if we're supposed to be serious about what's going on when he quotes the Washington Post. Really? You know, the president and his legal team have filed briefs in a number of these cases. I'll cover them tomorrow in depth. But these legal cases where there's plenty of accusations of fraud, plenty of accusations of impropriety. I mean, a gazillions, lots and lots. Now, it may still not be enough if you got a hundred thousand vote margin in uh, a state, you're not going to overturn it by a thousand people voting dead. But if you have a 21,000 uh, vote margin in Wisconsin, yeah, you got to count that. And here's a little bit of a trick. I don't want to tell, tell you something you may not know. The simple fact is, if you have a, a, how many million people voted in Wisconsin? Let me see if I can find it real quickly. But if you have that many people uh, voting in Wisconsin, say, and you then 
It comes down to 21,000 votes. I think it's probably close to, uh, close to what? A, 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 a couple of, uh, a million votes in total in Wisconsin. Again, I can't, why can't I find that? Um, and you, and you're looking at those numbers. You just know that's effectively, yeah, there it is. A million, one million six hundred and thirty thousand people voted for Biden and one million six hundred and ten thousand voted for Trump. Twenty thousand vote differential. Now, here's the trick. That's effectively a tie. That's effectively a tie. It's so close, it might as well be a tie. And the reality is you can count those votes and go through them and you 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 can move 20,000 votes pretty darn easily. You can. Now, maybe you won't be able to if there's not, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. We ought to get to the bottom of it. And if there's ballots that shouldn't have been counted, here's one of the problems I can tell you from a candidate, and this is being real about it. If you have, um, if you're trying to get, get gain, if you're trailing, if you're the trailing person in a race, you, you want to get, let's say you see, oh, we found a thousand extra ballots. You never get a thousand votes. That's not way, the way it works. You might get 600 and the other person gets 400. Well, that only picks you up 200. Right. So in order to make up 20,000, you got to get a lot of votes. That's the problem. People don't realize the math. It's not. But here's a different way to think of it. If you discover that a bunch of ballots were fraudulent or not signed or not in on time, suddenly you're just trying to get one to one. You see what I mean? If you're if you're Biden, you're up by 20,000 and a thousand ballots are found to have been fraudulent. Suddenly you're down to 19. It's not a it's not a um, you don't you don't get them by that ratio again. Right. It's unlikely you're going to find enough ballots, but you might find additional new ballots somewhere. But you might certainly find some that should be thrown out that were either in too late, no signature, fraudulent. Suddenly you're in a different spot than you were before. That's what you have to wonder. All right. Well, listen, thank you for listening. It is um, a great program tonight. Adam Mill and uh, Brett Decker. We got a lot to do, everybody. Please follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin, Ed Martin live on Facebook, and also uh, come back to this program and ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for the Daily Wink. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, and we got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do, a lot going on, and a lot at stake for the country. But a big day to celebrate. Great news on the, on the healthcare front, it looks like, which is going to be good for a lot of people. So that's something to celebrate. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director, Joanna, for booking the show. And for you all, thank you to you for listening. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Talk to you tomorrow.